Hey friend, and welcome back to the Lean In Podcast. This week, I am talking to my friend Katie about all things food and fitness while traveling. I think that often we either stress too much when it comes to travel or we throw everything out the window when we go on vacations or on trips. And she just got back from an extensive trip for her honeymoon around the world. And I thought it was a perfect time to jump on and talk to her about how she you know, stayed on track towards her goals, but also allowed herself to live her life and spend some quality time with her new husband. So I am going to jump right in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hey guys, it's Ellen. I am back with another episode on this week. I have Katie Gassman. Is that is that your name now? That was yeah, it, <laughs> it is my it was my name before and it is still my name. Um I have not changed it only because um it needed to match my passport. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, do I change it? Do I not? So it's in limbo, but yeah, in limbo feel free to use Gassman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Katie just got married. Um, so I'm actually going to have her tell you guys a little bit about her. So go ahead, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like she said, my name is Katie Gassman. Um, I usually, uh, most of my social media says Katie Taylor. Um, and I am a certified health coach. I help people, Um, understand that food is the cure to most of their ailments and not the cause of it. So um, we work together on establishing healthy habits, understanding why people do things the way that they do, um, and just generally make big moves in enhancing their lives through food and movement, everything like that. Yeah, I dig that. Um, And on that topic, today Mm -hmm. we're actually going to talk about how when you're making moves, right, for your health, for your fitness, when you have goals, when it comes to nutrition and your life, but you're also a human being that travels, how do you continue to, you know, keep moving towards those goals while you're traveling and while you're moving and while you're not in your little comfort bubble at home where you can control everything? (laughs) Right. So many plans um, just expect you to exist inside this silo outside of the rest of your life and it can be extremely disheartening to encounter like oh so and so wants me to go to this place but I have to stick to my diet so I'm not gonna go and it's like okay mm-hmm. great so, yeah it's hard and I think mm-hmm. I mean don't get me wrong there are times I think specifically like if you have severe health issues and you really need to lose some weight or if you're an athlete that's getting ready for some sort of performance oh, that like being strict is actually probably a very good thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to just living your life, uh, there yeah. are times when you need to be able to take that trip or yeah. go out to dinner with your family. Right. So, 90% of the population doesn't, I mean, that's, I just made that up, but I'm guessing that, you know, <laughs> A large portion of the population is not training for any kind of intense performance mm-hmm. or, and they, most people thankfully do not have such life threatening, um, weight impairments that they can't do all of the other things that they need to be or should be doing in their lives to lead fulfilling lives. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And so you, I traveled all summer and you got married and you recently got back from your honeymoon. So I feel like we're both in this awesome spot to talk about how we travel and still 
you know, make good choices and, and work towards our goals, mm -hmm. uh, but also enjoy ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually going to have you lead it off. We're just going to spitball this. Perfect. If you had to start with one thing that, yeah. that you feel like is, is a big thing that you do when you travel to, you know, continue working towards your goals, what would it be? Yeah, I think I love that you just said continue your goals because I think so many people will say, I'm going to go on this great vacation. I want to look awesome. And two weeks before their date, they're like, oh shit, I'm leaving in two weeks. Let me crash diet real quick. And I think that that's so, so unsustainable for a multitude of reasons, but people who want to continue their healthy lifestyle should recognize that it needs to begin before they go on vacation and that preparing yourself six months in advance to look a certain way for any kind of um, goal is so important, whether it's travel, a wedding, a prom, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, so establishing healthy boundaries up front and understanding how those boundaries work in your head, understanding how you interpret those boundaries, how you work with them, make them work for you rather than what XYZ celebrity tells you. Like that's so important to understand that before you go on vacation, before you leave. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you can um, make that effort to prepare up front, then it won't only make your trip easier, but it'll also make it more enjoyable. You won't be so worried about, um, at least personally, I find that I'm much less worried about undoing the progress that I've made if I understand that I put the time and effort into that progress and that that progress is to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. No, I think that that's super valuable. And I think too, recognizing the reason why we want the things that we want. Mm -hmm. And that sounds so ambiguous, but it's like, yeah, right. you know, if you're, yeah, I'm going on this trip and I, I want to, I want to look really good. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, do you want to look really good the rest of the time is, right. you know, is that a decision that you want to make for you for the rest of your mm -hmm. life? Or is there some sort of pressure you're putting on yourselves just for this trip? Right. Like you know? why would you want to look a certain way only for this trip and not the rest of your life? I mean, everybody wants to feel good, look good all the time, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it's a, it's a trap sometimes. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I think being able to recognize that, like you said, and take a step back and say, okay, no, actually like I would really enjoy maybe losing some weight and looking like that all the time allows mm -hmm. you to take like not crash diet because mm -hmm. you want to do something sustainable and take a more realistic approach to it. And then by the time the trip comes, you can enjoy the progress you've made, but you also know that that's not the end point. Right. And that, you know, regardless of what happens on this trip, you're still at the end of it working towards, you know, more goals that you have um, mm -hmm. and this more like healthy lifestyle and the person that you want to be. Right. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. No, I like that. Setting good expectations up front. I think that's very yeah. important. Yeah, that's a nice way to encapsulate that all of those statements that we just yeah. made. Yeah, that's um, good. I, I also think like it's super important not to on like the complete opposite note, not to limit yourself um while you're on vacation. I mean there's two schools of thought here, I think. One is I'm on vacation. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to eat and drink whatever I want. The other thought is I've put so much work and effort and time into myself that I don't want to deviate at all from what I'm doing right now. And there's definitely 
pros and cons to both sides of that and like just about everything in life, which is so obnoxious. The healthy point is in the middle. <laughs> yeah, the dang oh middle ground. Right, I know, right? We're always striving for that balance, whatever that <laughs> So, um, you know, limiting yourself, saying like, I can't have any of these things because it's going to ruin my progress and I work so hard. Like that's going to, unless you're one of the people that truly does not get much emotional enjoyment from food, then that's going to throw off your whole trip. I mean, half the fun of traveling is eating. So, um, yeah. So generally when I'm, when I'm traveling, so I'll just say like when we, we went on our honeymoon to Paris, Amsterdam and Belgium and it was incredible. Mm -hmm. Obviously Paris has some of the best food in the entire world. I mean, most culinary schools are based on French style cooking. So it's just through the roof. And then Belgium is literally Belgium is beer, fries, waffles, and chocolate, chocolate. Yes. yes. <laughs> Don't we forget about there, the chocolate. <laughs> when we were there, it was the hottest it's ever been in Belgium. It was 104 degrees one day. Oh wow! So yeah, it was um, pretty much terrible in terms of weather. We picked like the worst week ever to go to Europe, but um, <laughs> Yeah, the trains were functioning at thirds at a third of its normal speed because they were afraid of the tracks catching on fire. Oh, so, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so that one was really great. So consequently, we didn't eat any chocolate in Belgium because all the chocolate shops were closed oh. because it, there's no air conditioning. Oh. So all, yeah, so all of the chocolate shops were like, sorry, guys, the chocolate's melting. We can't make it. Um, hmm. But that was wild. Yeah, that but, is wild. Sad, we just, just have to go back. Right. Yeah. Oh, darn. Dang it. So like all four of those things are not something that traditionally fits inside a quote healthy diet, but, um, just kind of a general rule of thumb that I like to follow is setting like just expectations on the foods that I know that I'm going to want to overeat. So like if I, like another example is I really love frozen cocktails, like Mm -hmm. a good margarita, a good daiquiri all of that. I'm all for it. I'm also all for French fries. So like this applies to all of those things, just setting, like I will have one serving of French fries with my meal. And that's a great representation of the food. I get to enjoy it. I'm not going to feel like garbage afterward. And then I'll just switch to like, if I also am still hungry, I'll have another side of broccoli or a side Mm -hmm. salad or something like that, where I'm not like, or with the alcohol example, I'll have a frozen cocktail that's loaded with all of the things that you're supposed to avoid, but it tastes so good. Yeah. And then switch to something like seltzer vodka. Like yeah. it's not that you can't have it. It's that like you have it, you enjoy it for what it is and then move on. Yeah. I call those non-negotiables. Yeah. So oh, you yeah. can, yeah, you can set them on the lower end of things and the higher end of things. So like a lower end, if you're someone who is super obsessed and like, you know, is going in with this very restrictive mindset, the lower end could be, I am going to enjoy at least one meal without worrying about the macros of it today. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're setting that low end, like expectation that non-negotiable for yourself that like, it's okay. You know, and then on the high end would be sort of what you were saying where you're like at at each meal, I, I can have French fries, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to have three sides of French fries right. because you know, <laughs> right. I don't need so that. Easy. You walk by 
French fry stands in Belgium every other block. So it's mm-hmm. like, if you, if you're feeling like, man, I just love French fries so much, then you can get them literally anywhere you want, yeah. which it's, it's so, they're so good. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Yeah. 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 No, I think that that's super powerful. And I, I like that the idea of non-negotiables, which I talk a lot about with my clients, I really like it because it can be so personalized to you. And mm-hmm. it's, it allows you to not be so vague, like finding yes. like the words middle ground, the words balance, like what the fuck does that what, even mean? What a, it it's means so not, vague. It, yes, yeah, it's so it, vague. And it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, because you could be someone who wants to be very diligent about their goals on vacation and you can set non-negotiables for yourself that are maybe more drastic right mm-hmm. than someone else who maybe enjoys their vacation more and is allowing right. themselves <clears throat> to to eat more gelato while they're in yeah. Italy right like it's totally personalized to you um mm-hmm. and it allows you to get pretty detailed which i think and it also requires a level of um self-awareness that i think mm-hmm. is really healthy to evaluate mm-hmm. it forces you to look at the things that you're doing and um and recognize where you are potentially going overboard a little bit. And maybe then you can examine why and what's causing those things and et cetera, et cetera. So all of this is just another tool for being more self-aware and more intentional. Mm-hmm. And self-aware and intentionality, I think, are like pillars of being able to create an actual healthy lifestyle where you're in control. Yes. You know, instead mm-hmm. of just listening, you know, I love, I think there's a place for coaches. I think there's a place for nutrition plans that you should follow, but also there's going to come a point in your life where like, you're not going to want to have to follow what somebody else is telling you. And if you're not learning about yourself and being more self-aware about your choices and why you make them, how are Mm -hmm. you ever going to get to a point where like you can make those decisions for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why every single, it, it sometimes feels very repetitive when you listen to these interviews with super successful people. And they say, mindfulness practice is something that I do every day. It's something that has gotten me where I am. And I'm just like, God, what does that mean? Like a mindfulness practice. But it's, it's so important. It's, there's a reason why super successful people are very self-aware people. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I think, I think that's very true. And journaling, mm-hmm. journaling, oh. writing shit down, which is yep. something I'm terrible about. I'm so bad. I love <laughs> I love the idea. I love the concept <laughs> of it all. But like, and I also like, here's the thing is I recognize that when I write something down, it sticks, right? It, like, it's not even like I can't connect to the end result. It's just that, you know, when I wake up, the first thing on my head is not let me go journal. It's like, oh my God, why am I awake? <laughs> oh my God, why am I awake? What am I going to have for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah. And breakfast, that's, that's another thing that like on vacation, I find myself never eating breakfast, Mm. but I noticed that while we were in Europe, I like, I don't, I'm not a big breakfast person on the day to day. I like to eat like peanut butter toast, drink coffee, and then I'll have something at like 1030 or 11. It's just something to get you going, whatever, mostly because I do think that there's uh, value in setting an intention with the first thing that you eat of the day, mm-hmm. but um, I'm not a big morning food person. 
Um, but in Europe, it was much easier to eat a bigger breakfast. I think one, we're walking around a ton, so you your activity levels incur more um, calorie burn. But then also you find yourself, at least I found myself traveling, paying so much more attention to the food that I was eating. Hmm. Like I was eating things, saying to myself like, wow, this, I don't know if it's because in our day-to-day lives we're on the go, we're moving, we're paying attention to everything else, that food feels much more like uh, just an in and out type of thing. It's there for fuel, et cetera. Where like when I'm on vacation, at least I'm so much more relaxed and I'm like, wow, I'm really going to enjoy this food. So then I'm paying more attention to it. Mm -hmm. They actually, I learned on some NPR podcast that I listened to, because I listened to actually the majority of the podcasts I listen to are made by NPR just because I find so much value in them. I love them. Yeah. And they were talking about um, the difference in like obesity rates between America And I think they specifically were talking about France and they did a study talking about food. And it was interesting because one of the reasons that French people in general ate less, like even though the food that they ate might have been like maybe less balanced in protein, Mm. fat, and carbs. Mm -hmm. I mean, one, it was made from more real foods. Real ingredients. Yeah. But two, they, food is, it's, like, I don't want to say a delicacy, but mm. that's the word that's coming to my mind where it's something yeah. to really be sat down and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So they sit down and they eat slowly and they really enjoy their food. And because they're more mindful about yeah. that and they're eating more slowly, they tend to be more satisfied sooner. They yeah. can get into their hunger cues more. Yeah. All these things that you hear people talking about in the U.S. and you're like, what do you mean sit down? Yeah, what does that even what mean? Is, right. like, I'm supposed to sit down and not do anything while I eat? <laughs> Like, how can right. I do that? But that's right. what they do over there. And yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting to me that you noticed that as, as a tourist, as someone who yeah. was visiting, that you even were adopting those habits. Yeah, I, like nobody, nobody's on their phone. Everybody also, I noticed, um, and potentially this is just because we were eating in restaurants and at cafes and on sidewalks, et cetera, but nobody, there were very few people eating alone. And I don't think that that's, I personally eat alone a lot. It's I go I've gone out to eat a lot by myself. It's not something that I think that there should be a stigma around. But I find that when I'm eating with someone else, I'm simultaneously paying attention to what I'm eating, but also not so focused on the food that it's the number one thing that I'm thinking about while I am consuming it. Mm. It's a weird dichotomy. It's something like it's it's I think it's that when you're having a good conversation with someone, or even if someone's just sitting across from you, you're also aware of that other person and um, paying attention to your surroundings. It's, I don't it's know. Filling, it's filling you up. More things are filling you up than the food that you're eating. Yes, exactly. Thank you. you know, yeah. So it's like, like some people call it soul food. Like mm-hmm. Soul food is like other things that you enjoy. So, yes. you know, you're having a conversation, you're getting you're almost, your soul is almost getting filled up by this, mm-hmm. assuming that you like the person that you're eating with, yeah. this interaction that you're having and, and the location that you're at. And that's making you feel good while the food is also potentially making you feel good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're not, you're not eating from a place of emotional distress. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think something else you, you mentioned restaurants, something that I like to do because I, I had an eating disorder for a very long time. So eating out was very, very stressful for me. Um, Yes. Like, especially when there's a menu with a lot of options and even now it is. Yeah. I also had that same experience. You did? Oh yeah. In high school. So I, I understand, I get the whole, like, there are so many options you can't choose and panic mode sets in. Yeah. It's total panic Mm -hmm. mode. And they say that, well, first of all, they say if there's more than six options presented to you, your subconscious can no longer make a decision. And so really, yeah. And so then you're, Mm. that's why at the grocery store, it's like you walk into the pasta sauce aisle and it's really hard to choose. (laughs) That's the example I always use, but it's like, I have no idea what pasta sauce because my conscious brain takes over and you can't really trust your, at least personally, I can't trust my conscious brain to make a freaking decision. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so bringing it back, I go to a restaurant and I open up the menu and I, I, stressed out, totally stressed out. And so something Mm -hmm. that I like to do when I know that I'm eating out and this is while traveling, but also I'll do it, you know, if I'm Brian and I, my boyfriend are just going out to the cities to eat somewhere is I'll look a menu up ahead of time and it gives me a chance to already know what they have and potentially make a decision so that when I get there, I already know what I want. Um, but even just to like have that idea uh, mm-hmm. and understand like what the options are before I get there so that I'm not mm-hmm. surprised or overwhelmed while looking at the menu, which then creates more stress around food and the experience. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. You never want to be on your phone looking something up saying like, what is this food or what's in it mm-hmm. while you're at the table. Mm-hmm. It, at least I personally like to set my phone aside when I'm at a table. Mm-hmm. Um, so then if you can't look something up and you're like, what is going on? You've got 20 options. It's, it's a whole. Yeah. And, and just confusing too. I think if you are trying to make healthier decisions, like looking at all the foods that maybe you don't want to choose, you could choose mm-hmm. them. I'm not saying that any decision is a bad decision necessarily, yeah. but yeah. like if you are going in with the attention of eating something on the healthier side, being able to look that up and be confident in that decision going in, um, mm-hmm. can help rather than getting there and just going with the bacon, mac and cheese because you're too overwhelmed and yeah. that's what you ended up getting. <laughs> it's, it's so funny that that's a universal experience. I've literally never talked to anybody else about that before. Really? Like, yeah, just looking, I, oh my gosh, it's such a, like, it's such a visceral memory of mm-hmm. sitting at a restaurant table opening the menu and saying, I cannot eat any of this. Mm -hmm. And then picking something that you're like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to order this, taking two bites, feeling miserable about it. And then your whole experience is ruined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And for me, it's always getting very, very overwhelmed and ending up choosing some salad that ends up being terrible. And then I'm pissed that I paid $14 for a for romaine Stupid lettuce salad. with yeah. with bag cheddar cheese on the top. Like, oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Oh, so the number of bad salads that I've eaten uh, in my life. Is so sad. It's so sad, and you pay so mm-hmm. much money for it. Like, good for you, restaurant, for making such a premium <laughs> premium price right. on this. But this salad on sucks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. So looking restaurants up before you go, I think it's a good mm-hmm. one. Um, keeping 
snacks. I freaking love yeah. snacks. So love I think big snacker. big snacker, being prepared with some healthy snacks. If you're anything like me, mm -hmm. um, you can get like my anxiety increases if I get really hungry. And so, which I think a lot of people experience. And so making sure that I always have something. So if I'm getting hungry, because you're not always in control of when you're going to eat or where it's right. going to be. Um, and so the last thing you want is to be starving and get cranky. So yeah, absolutely. And I always like to like plan, like you said, plan the healthy snacks and then also planning because so generally I eat probably five times a day, mm -hmm. we'll just say. And then if you plan two healthy snacks, personally, we had talked about breakfast, not a big deal for me. So like to eat breakfast that is quote healthy, mm -hmm. then also not a big deal, easily, easy to set the intention. So then that leaves lunch and dinner and then choosing one of those to say like, I'm really going to enjoy this meal and giving yourself that permission ahead of time to say like, this is allowed, this is not wrong there's value in this, et cetera, up front so that you don't come to the dinner or the meal and say like, well, screw this. I'm just going to eat it. And then having a lot of um, negative emotions around that. And I think giving your permission, yourself permission up front absolves you of a lot of potential mm -hmm. guilt. Um, and just accepting that up front instead of at the table, I think, at least for myself, um, is an easy way to avoid emotional distress around a meal. Yeah. I, I think I totally agree with that and like giving yourself that permission. Mm -hmm. And I think to this next bit of advice I'm going to give sometimes I think is misconstrued, mm. but something that Brian and I will do. So this week we are going out to dinner with my brother who's going to be in town mm -hmm. and like, we don't get to see him very often. We know he might go to a fun place in the cities that we don't normally go to. And so we were talking about like potentially like getting pizza or something like that. So mm -hmm. on the day that I, like, I know I'm going to enjoy myself for that dinner. I will monitor what I'm eating the rest of the day. Oh now yeah. That, yeah, that doesn't mean I think some people will not mm. eat very much or mm. like starve themselves or see it as as Restricted. restricting or depriving themselves yeah. the rest of the day. But this connects back to, I think, the self-awareness and introspection mm. that we talked about is as you grow with food, you know, I'm able to say, okay, normally I have toast with my breakfast and I eat, you know, fruit at lunch. And could I still eat those things and eat pizza? I could. Mm -hmm. But because I understand, you know, protein, fat, and carb, I understand that I'm going to be eating probably more carbs at dinner than I normally do. I might sub out other carb sources the rest of yeah. the day for more vegetables or more protein. Mm -hmm. um, but doing it in a way that still respects my body. But I think yeah. as, you, as you learn more, you're able to then give yourself permission, like you said, to enjoy those meals, but also alter decisions that you make the rest of the day to support that decision that you made to enjoy the meal. So you feel even better about it going into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I do, I can definitely see how a person could take that and run with it in the opposite direction, you know, mm -hmm. the restricting, not eating all day, et cetera, crashing, feeling bad about it. But like you said, it's just, it's an advanced level of understanding that mm -hmm. you can, um, 
I hate manipulate is, is the <laughs> word, but it feels like it has such a negative connotation, but you can obviously manipulate fats, carbs, and proteins as a person who understands that mm-hmm. to get the results that you want. I mean, that's the whole basis of flexible dieting. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think the more, the more you can understand that, the more flexible um, and confident I think you can get in your choices mm-hmm. because I don't know if you ate regular throughout the day and then you ate pizza if you did that more often than not, you might gain some weight and then you might think that it's the pizza's fault. When in reality, it's not the pizza's fault. It's like the pizza didn't, the pizza didn't do anything wrong. It's just <laughs> yeah, pizza. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's right. the fact that you just had, you know, a surplus of calories. Yep. So how, you know, how can you monitor that? But, well, and it's so funny that people, this is kind of getting off topic, but will demonize a food as its individual or as its singular component when you like if you separated all of that out and put it on different things it would be okay I mean like if you put pepperoni inside a salad that's fine if you put cheese on your chicken breast that's fine if you put sauce on top of your pasta well your bean pasta or whatever other like anti-pasta that you're going yeah right (laughs) then all of those things are okay but suddenly you combine them and then it's a demon or a bad food Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a very strange way that we humans like to manipulate our minds. Yeah. Food is hard. Food's weird. Yeah. It's quite a topic. It is. <laughs> I think, you know, bringing this back to travel, mm-hmm. the important thing is just making food not be hard. Mm-hmm. While you try, you know, what can, what can you do? Yeah. To simplify and make it easier for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. A lot of, and we've talked about some really cool things. I don't think, I mean, there are tons of different travel tips out there in terms mm-hmm. of prepping and what snacks to bring and finding fitness facilities. I think movement is really important. So continuing to movement move your huge. body. Yeah, yeah because it, it, it makes you feel really good. But mm-hmm. not overwhelming yourself mm-hmm. with, with choosing to do too many things or, or doing things you've never done before and trying to just keep it simple and make food as least stressful as possible while you're traveling. Yeah, absolutely. Less stress, more happiness, just simplifying. I think also there's a level of confidence too. I mean, the more you, if you can narrow your focus um, on XYZ trip and say, I'm going to do this one thing really well. And then the next time you decide I'm going to exercise really well on this trip. And then you, you come to a place of confidence where you know that you can do all of those things individually and then you can start slowly building to do exercise regularly on your trip. And you also do pack super healthy snacks and you do plan your meals ahead of time and suddenly it doesn't feel so overwhelming because you're confident that you know how to make all of those decisions well and execute. Yeah, that goes back to something that I talked about with Sanchana in one of my previous podcasts is setting goals that you are confident you can accomplish. Mm -hmm. So going into a trip, you know, assessing what's the one thing that I could do better this trip that I'm confident I could make happen instead of trying to do 12 new things. And then, like you said, as you continue to travel and that goes back to habits you do every day, Mm -hmm. you know, making them accomplishable so that you gain confidence that you can do them. And then eventually they multiply and you can add different ones in and, Well, yeah, I mean, travel is just traveling is living your life in a different location. And if you can, if you can adapt 
everything that you would normally do to that location, then I mean, it's a very boiled down way to say that. And it makes yeah. it sound a lot easier than it is, but all of these, there's so many tips out there that make all of it sound a lot easier than it is. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot of trial and error, a lot of patience with yourself, a lot of forgiveness with yourself for not potentially succeeding at something that you thought you would, but learning from that and accepting that there's always another day. Yeah. And keeping, I think, some accountability too, like being yeah. very up upfront with maybe someone that you're traveling with. Mm-hmm. If you have a goal of saying like, hey, I want to move my body every morning. It could be a hundred burpees in my hotel room or, you know, it could be going to the gym, but I want to do this and I want you to help hold me accountable for it. And I think one, it's really nice that someone else knows your goals so that they can push you when you don't want to do them. But also I think that there's value when you do accomplish something and having someone else celebrate it with you because then you're probably going to recognize it even more yourself. Yeah. So if you have a really good day where you did all the things that you set out to do, being able to go to that person and be like, yeah, I did this. And they're like, you did. It's friggin' awesome. Like yeah. having that, that feedback can almost fuel that momentum so that you continue to do it. Otherwise, I think you might discount the progress that you made and, and the good things that you did. Absolutely. And also it's just saying, saying your goals out loud, saying them to another person, that person might have otherwise done something that directly con- conflicted with your goals. And they, it's not like they're saying, ha ha, I'm going to get this person because they're probably traveling with you because you love them. Yeah. <laughs> and so they would never intentionally do something. But if you don't communicate that, if you don't voice that to them, like that's going to potentially build resentment. It's going to cause conflict in your relationship with that person potentially, or just for your relationship with yourself. So there's a lot of value in speaking out loud. Yeah. And sharing with other people. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's super valuable. I like this. I like what we talked about. I like that. It wasn't like find a hotel with a fitness facility, (laughs) eat a fist size of protein at every meal. (laughs) To your thumb. And I'm like, I've got a really big thumb, so I'm eating a lot of fats. Yeah. (laughs) Right. If you're asking me to do I use my thumb to get the peanut butter out of yeah. the jar? Because like, I don't know if <laughs> that's going to be that. an accurate measurement. <laughs> right. That's so right. true. Oh, well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on here. If people want to find more of your stuff because you're yeah. great, where can they find you? Absolutely. So um, you can find me on Facebook at Katie Taylor, Katie Taylor dash health coach. Um, you can also email me at info at katietaylorchc.com. And I should have a website up and running by the end of the year. So um, katietaylorchc.com is also the work in progress uh, URL. So feel free to check me out on any of those. And that's, that's my plug. That's it. That, that's it. That's where they yeah. can find you. Well, awesome. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you got some valuable information about this. If you have any questions for me or Katie, please send them my way. I will be sure to pass them on to her and I'm sure that we'll be having her back on the podcast. Also, if you have any like stuff that you want us to talk about, if we didn't hit something today or if something came up while we were speaking and you're like, I want to know more about that, let me know because I'm always looking for topics that you guys want to hear about. So message me, email me, make sure to share this podcast with all of your friends and family. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. All right. See you next time.